Sermon 6, The Mercy Seat. Exodus 25th chapter, verses 10 through 22. And they shall make an ark of Achaia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold, inside and out you shall overlay it, and shall make on it a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of Achaia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it, of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you and commandment to the children of Israel. The inside of the tabernacle was divided into two main parts, the holy place and the most holy. A veil was hung between them as a divider, and the ark of the testimony was located behind this veil inside the most holy. The covering of the ark is also known as the mercy seat. The mercy seat was 2.5 cubits long. In the Bible, a cubit is the length stretching from the tip of the hand to the elbow. So a cubit in the Old Testament is generally considered to be about 500 millimeters in today's unit of measurement. Then at two and a half cubits, the length of the mercy seat was about 1.0 meters in today's measurement. Its width and length 
at a cubit and a half each were around 750 millimeters. Below this mercy seat was the Ark of the Testimony, and the Ark was also made of acacia wood and overlaid with pure gold. At both ends of the mercy seat, there were two cherubim stretching out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces were toward the mercy seat facing each other. The mercy seat, as its name goes, is where God bestowed his grace. God said to us that he would meet with us here on the mercy seat. Inside the Ark of the Testimony, there were Aaron's staff that budded, a golden pot holding the manna, and two tablets of stone inscribed with the Ten Commandments. At the four corners of the mercy seat, four rings were put in so that the Ark of the Testimony could be carried. Two poles were made of acacia wood and overlaid with gold, and these poles could be put through the rings to carry the ark. Once a year, the high priest brought the blood of a sacrificial animal into the most holy and sprinkled it over the mercy seat. He did this because through the laying on of his hands, all the year's sins of the Israelites were passed on to the sacrificial animal. That is why our Lord said in Exodus 25th chapter, verse 22, And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. This was the Lord's promise that he would bring the remission of sins to all mankind. So when we profess to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, it's very important for us to have a detailed knowledge of the Old Testament's sacrificial system. God commanded that whenever the priests moved the Ark of the Testimony, they should lift it by the poles at both sides of the Ark. What does this imply? It implies that God wants us to serve and preach the truth of his salvation with all our bodies and hearts. It also implies that God wants us to serve the Lord in unity rather than individually. That's why God commanded that not only the mercy seat, but also the table of showbread and the altar of incense should all be carried by these poles, which were put through the rings at both sides. This means that we are to devote all our bodies and hearts to the spreading of God's gospel. In other words, God is commanding us here to dedicate our bodies 
and hearts to spreading the gospel of salvation. Preaching to everyone that our Lord has blotted out all our sins with the gospel of the water and the spirit and made us completely righteous. That is why God commanded the Israelites to carry the ark of the testimony by these poles. We have received the remission of sins in our hearts by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Inside the ark of the testimony, there was a golden pot that held the manna. Spiritually speaking, this manna means the word of God. The ark also had Aaron's staff that budded. This staff of Aaron that budded implies the resurrection of Jesus, the Lord of life. Lastly, the ark held two stone tablets of the covenant inscribed with the Ten Commandments of God. This shows us that we must serve God wholeheartedly by trusting in his word with all our hearts. The Lord said that he would meet with us at the mercy seat. Spiritually speaking, the mercy seat denotes the gospel of the water and the spirit where our Lord meets with us. Looking down on us between the cherubim on the mercy seat, the Lord is speaking to us of the gospel of the water and the spirit. This mercy seat tells us spiritually about the remission of sins. The Lord has saved us from all our sins by being baptized by John the Baptist and shedding his blood. That is why we can call the mercy seat as the place where our God bestows his grace of salvation on us. In other words, the mercy seat implies our atonement, showing us that our Lord has blotted out all our sins once and for all with the gospel of the water and the spirit. How about the people of Israel then? How did the Lord blot out their sins? He did so with the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat, for it was shed by the sacrificial animal that bore all the yearly sins of the people of Israel. On the day of atonement, the high priest laid his hands on the head of the sacrificial animal to pass all the yearly sins of the Israelites, and then only did he cut its throat to draw his blood. Then this blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat to atone for the sins that the entire Israelites had committed for a year. This sacrificial system practiced during the age of the Old Testament speaks of the righteousness of God fulfilled of the water and the Spirit in the age of the New Testament. As the heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ has saved us from all our sins by offering his own body as a propitiation 
for all mankind. The screen door of the tabernacle was also made of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen, just like the gate of the tabernacle's court. The spiritual meaning of the blue thread used here is that Jesus bore all your sins and mine by being baptized by John the Baptist. In other words, the blue thread refers to the fact that Jesus took upon all the sins of the world once and for all by being baptized by John the Baptist. It's because Jesus Christ accepted all the sins of this world through his baptism that he could be crucified and condemned for all the sins of the entire human race. This is the truth of the mercy hidden in the door of the tabernacle. Our Lord took upon all our sins through his baptism and bore all their condemnation on the cross. Therefore, God the Father now wants everyone to wholeheartedly believe in this truth that his son Jesus has blotted out all the sins of the world by being baptized by John the Baptist. God wants all the saints who have become his own people to serve the gospel of the water and the spirit. We ought to therefore realize this will of our God and walk accordingly. Now that we have become righteous, we should realize what God wants from all of us. The purple thread used for the door of the tabernacle implies that Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus Christ is God himself and the Lord of eternal life. 1 John 5, chapter, verse 20. In other words, God himself was born as a man to deliver us from all the sins of the world. God promised this to us through the prophet Isaiah saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Matthew's first chapter, verse 23, Isaiah's seventh chapter, verse 14. To save all of us, the sinners, from all our sins, Jesus Christ forsook the throne of glory in heaven and came to this earth through the body of the Virgin Mary, just as God has promised to the prophet Isaiah over 700 years before the Lord was actually born on this earth. As God became a man like this, and bore all the sins of each and every sinner by being baptized, he has clothed in his righteousness all of us who believe in this truth. The scarlet thread used for the door of the tabernacle refers to the new life that Jesus has brought us through his sacrifice.
having borne all the sins of humanity once and for all by being baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus was crucified for us. He was nailed in both hands and feet, and this punishment that the Lord suffered was the punishment that every sinner like you and me should have borne. In other words, the Lord himself was crucified instead of us and thereby bore the condemnation of all our sins in our place. Through these three ministries of salvation foreshadowed by the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door, we can all understand the true work of salvation correctly. We can see clearly that as his work of salvation, Jesus bore all the sins of the human race once and for all, and that he was also condemned for all these sins. This is why the Lord is commanding us to preach this beautiful gospel of the water and the spirit to everyone all over the world. He is asking us to serve this gospel. The Ark of the Testimony in the tabernacle was covered with the mercy seat. Whom does God then meet on this mercy seat which is covering the Ark of the Testimony? He meets with only those who believe that all their sins were passed on to Jesus, the Lamb of God, and that he was condemned for all their sins. Spiritually speaking, in other words, God meets only the believers in the gospel of the water and the spirit. When the day of atonement came, the high priest passed all the yearly sins of the entire population of Israel on to the first one of the two consecrated goats by laying his hands on its head and confessed all the Israelites' sins on their behalf. Having thus passing all the yearly sins of every Israelite to this sacrificial goat by laying his hands on its head, the high priest then drew its blood, took his blood into the most holy, and sprinkled it seven times on God's ark of the testimony. This is how God met with the people of Israel during the age of the Old Testament. Today, God meets with believers in the gospel of the water and the spirit, which proclaims that Jesus has blotted out all our sins by being baptized by John the Baptist for us. The Lord therefore says to the believers in the gospel of the water and the spirit, you have no sin. I have blotted out all your sins. I have saved you from each and every one of your sins. Put differently, the Lord bestows God's grace on those who believe in the righteousness of God. God's grace refers to his gift. It refers to the fact that 
God the Father has fulfilled his righteousness by passing all the sins of everyone in this world onto his own son. It means that as Jesus was crucified while shouldering all the sins of this world, he bore all the condemnation of our sins in our place. This is the very love of God revealed in the mercy seat. Our Lord, the Son of God, came to this earth, incarnated in the flesh of man, accepted all the sins of this world through his baptism, died on the cross in our place, rose from the dead again in three days, and ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. God's righteousness is that he has saved us from all the sins of the world and the grace of God is bestowed on those who believe in this righteousness of God. Our God says to all of us who believe in this righteousness, you are my people. You are no longer sinners. I have saved you all. My love for you is so great that I have saved you unconditionally out of my own volition. Not only do I love you, but I actually demonstrated my love to you by bearing all your sins and laying down my life for you. This is the proof of my love, and I have shown it to all of you. What has God shown us through his word? When we turn to the word of God, we can see that although God speaks about our sins, he also speaks even more about how he has saved us from all the sins of the world through the gospel of the water and the spirit. Having promised us our salvation, God has indeed blotted out all our sins once and for all exactly as he has promised. And the output of this fulfillment is none other than the gospel of the water and the spirit. This gospel of the water and the spirit is the proof of our salvation written in the Bible. It's on account of our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit recorded in the word of God that we can be saved from all our sins. Therefore, whenever we come into the presence of our holy Lord, we can meet him through the gospel of the water and the spirit by trusting in his salvation revealed in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread and the fine woven linen of the tabernacle door. The gospel of the water and the spirit is the Lord's gift for us. And as long as we believe in this true gospel, our Lord will meet with us. This means that the Lord meets with only those who believe that he came to this earth to save them from all the sins of the world, 
that he bore all their sins by being baptized by John the Baptist, that he was condemned on the cross in their place, and that he rose from the dead again to give them eternal life. God therefore bestows his grace only on those who believe in his righteousness. God is saying to us, Even though you were mere creatures, I have adopted you as my sons and daughters. You are now my own children. You are no longer the devil's children, nor are you just creatures anymore. You are my very own people. I have remitted away all your sins through the righteousness of my son Jesus. I have therefore adopted you into my own family and on account of your faith in me, you have now all become my own children. Like this, God has bestowed his grace of salvation on all of us. The poles inserted through the rings of the mercy seat should not be taken out. It's very important for us to remember that the mercy seat had two poles at its side for it to be carried. And they must not be removed from the ark at any time. This implies that every believer should maintain his faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit while serving it with all his body and heart. However, the problem is that many Christians today are not only refusing to serve the gospel of the water and the spirit with all their hearts and bodies, but they don't even believe in this true gospel. Even though countless Christians profess to believe in Jesus and many of them claim to have been born again, they consider themselves so smart that they are not willing to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. God is admonishing all such mistaken Christians to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Exodus 25th chapter verse 15 says, The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. This passage teaches us that we have to preach the gospel of the water and the spirit just as it is. In other words, we ought to preach to each and every sinner the mystery of the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door manifested in the gospel of the water and the spirit that has saved us from all the sins of the world. God commanded Moses to build the tabernacle exactly as shown to him. And this implies that we must believe in Jesus exactly as shown in the word of God. Despite this, however, too many Christians nowadays profess to believe in Jesus in their own way, leaving out his baptism from their faith. 
The door of the tabernacle was made of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. This door refers to the door of salvation prepared by the Lord, and all of us must enter it only by trusting in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The fine woven linen here refers to the word of God. God's word was spoken to about 40 of his servants. God had given his word of prophecy to his servants for over 1,500 years, and he has fulfilled every prophecy with his own body in his time. In other words, the Lord has fulfilled our salvation once and for all through the gospel of the water and the spirit. Sadly, however, there are too many Christians in this world who neither believe in the word of God nor preach it exactly as it is. How about you then? Have you received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit? If you have indeed received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, then you ought to preach this gospel exactly as it is written in the word of God. The grace of salvation that our Lord has given to us is greater than all our transgressions. The Bible says that just as many became sinners because of one man's offense, so have many become righteous thanks to the righteousness of one man. Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's because of one man's offense, Adam, that you became a sinner. In other words, you became a sinner automatically because you were born as a descendant of Adam. Because Adam and Eve sinned against God, all of us became sinners by nature. However, the gospel of God that Jesus Christ has bestowed on us is far greater than all our transgressions put together. Even though we have committed countless sins on this earth and will continue to do so until the day we die, the Lord has completely blotted out even all these sins once and for all with the righteousness of God which he had fulfilled. Forsaking the throne of glory in heaven, our Lord came to this earth incarnated in the flesh of man. He bore all the sins of this world once and for all through the baptism he received from John the Baptist. He shed his own blood on the cross in our place. And through this work of salvation, our Lord has blotted out all the sins that we have ever committed and will ever commit. He has eradicated each and every conceivable sin 
even the sins of those who still have not been born in this world and the countless sins that have not been committed yet. By coming to this earth, our Lord has made us perfect by washing all our sins away with his salvation manifested in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door. Therefore, this salvation that Jesus Christ has brought to us by blotting out all our sins on this earth is far greater than all our sins and transgressions that we have been committing and will commit because of one man's offense. This is why we have become righteous by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. We have become completely sinless through our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit. God promised to meet us on the mercy seat. The Ark of the Testimony located inside the Most Holy had two angels with their wings stretched out and facing the mercy seat. What can we see there? We can see blood. Whose blood is this? In the age of the Old Testament, it was the atoning blood of the sacrificial animal. In the age of the New Testament, it is the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, the blood we see on the mercy seat is the blood of the Son of God, the Father. This is the sacrificial blood that Jesus shed on the cross after bearing all our sins through his baptism. And because of this sacrifice, whoever believes in the baptism of the Son of God and his blood can receive the remission of sins. God can declare that all those who understand and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit have no sin. He also can make them his own people. This is the truth revealed in the mercy seat. Whenever we preach the gospel of the water and the spirit, we have to preach it exactly as it is written in the Bible. None of us should ever preach or serve God's gospel of the water and the spirit in a deteriorated way. Everyone can be saved if they just listen to the gospel of the water and the spirit preached by us and believe it with all their hearts. Despite this, however, some Christians ridicule us, saying that anyone who believes in Jesus is sinless regardless of how they believe. So they claim that there is really no need to know and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. But is anyone really made sinless just by believing in the name of Jesus somehow? 
Do your sins really disappear just by believing blindly that Jesus was crucified and condemned to death in your place? No, of course not. Yet too many Christians nowadays believe in Jesus blindly like this as they are happy to hear that they have become sinless, even though this is in fact not true. It's understandable why so many Christians are drawn to this false sense of security. After all, if you were in prison and the government gave you a pardon, you would also be very happy. The problem, of course, is that this pardon is not real. The Bible clearly says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8th chapter verse 32. What is the way for the sins of human beings to be atoned for? How can they receive everlasting life? They can receive the remission of sins and obtain everlasting life only by believing in the truth of salvation manifested in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door, that is, in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Only those who believe in this true gospel can become God's children. The gospel of the water and the spirit is the very gospel of God. And we all have the duty to preach and spread this true gospel by faith. Now we have become the spiritual Israelites by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. This gospel of the water and the spirit must be served by at least two people or more in complete unity. Whenever we preach the gospel of the water and the spirit, we must preach the truth of salvation revealed in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door. The Lord has fulfilled the righteousness of God exactly as he has promised us. This righteousness is the fact that Jesus has blotted out all our sins and saved us, his believers, by coming to this earth, being baptized by John the Baptist, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and ascending to heaven. We must preach this gospel of the water and the spirit just as it is. And those who hear this gospel must believe in it just as it is to reach their salvation. I cannot emphasize enough just how important it is for all of us to preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. It's when we preach this true gospel that the Holy Spirit works to bring salvation to our listeners. The gospel of the water and the spirit is our salvation. It is our atonement. 
It's with the gospel of the water and the spirit that God has blotted out all our sins once for all. Each and every sin of ours was passed on to Jesus through the baptism he received from John the Baptist. And this is how atonement was made for all our sins. Moreover, not only did our Lord bear all our sins, but he was also crucified to death in our place. Shedding his blood and bearing the cross that we ourselves should have shed and borne. This is how Jesus has saved each one of us from all our sins and curses. This is the salvation that God brought to us. And this is his love. You ought to therefore believe in this truth of salvation exactly as it is and preach it by faith. Our Lord is the Savior of all who believe in his righteousness. It is by our faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit that we ought to come into the presence of God. When we stand before the mercy seat, and offer the sacrificial blood of our Lord to God, we ought to approach him by faith, saying to him, God, the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, has saved me from all my sins. It's only then that God says, yes, I have indeed saved you. My love for you is so great that I myself has saved you. The Lord is our savior. He has granted his audience to all those who approach him by their faith in the righteousness of God. And he has given the right to become God's own children to us and to all those who accept the gospel of the water and the spirit into their hearts as well. God has delivered us from all our curses, all our condemnation, and all our destruction. He has made us, his believers, completely sinless. He has given us eternal happiness. And this is the very grace of God revealed in the mercy seat. It's from the mercy seat that God has bestowed his grace of salvation on us. All of us must therefore come to the throne of grace by trusting in the righteousness of God. No matter how sinful and depraved you might be, you can still receive the remission of all your sins by believing in the truth of salvation, which is revealed in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door. That is, in the baptism of Jesus, his blood, and his resurrection. You must come into the presence of God by faith like this. 
exactly according to the law of salvation that God has established with the gospel of the water and the spirit. You must come out to God by trusting in his righteousness. You must believe that the Lord came to this earth to serve all sinners, that he bore all the sins of the human race once and for all by being baptized by John the Baptist and that he was condemned for all your sins by dying on the cross in your place. You must believe that the Lord took upon all your sins and for all by believing in his baptism by John the Baptist, saying to the Lord, Lord, I believe in everything that you have done for me to save me from all my sins. Only when you come out to God by this faith can you reach your salvation. If you want to believe in the righteousness of the Lord and receive the remission of sins, then you must believe in the truth of salvation manifested in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread and the fine woven linen of the tabernacle door. That's because the remission of sins is attained only if you know and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit correctly. If you want to meet the Lord and receive his blessings, if you want to truly be happy, and if you want to return to God and live with him as his beloved creature, then you must believe that to save you from all the sins of the world, the Lord accepted each and every sin of the entire human race by being baptized by John the Baptist, that he was crucified to death while shouldering all these sins of the world, and that he has thereby delivered you from all your sins. If you have faith in this truth of salvation and accept God's salvation, then you will surely be delivered. It's absolutely important for us to remember this point whenever we preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. God tells us that the gospel of the water and the spirit is the only true gospel written in the Bible. Look at the table of showbread in the tabernacle. The table of showbread refers to the word of God. Like this, only when your heart has faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit written in the word of God, can you receive the remission of sins? Nonetheless, how are the so-called renowned preachers of today teaching about salvation? They claim that anyone can be saved if he just believes in Jesus as his savior somehow. 
And they say that all who believe in Jesus' blood on the cross are saved. However, if you believe in Jesus blindly like this, then none of the sins you have committed in your life has actually disappeared. The vast majority of today's Christians have all their sins still remaining intact in their hearts. Since these mistaken Christians believe in Jesus just blindly while leaving out Jesus' baptism that he received from John the Baptist, it's impossible for their hearts to be completely sinless. That's because they have never passed their sins onto Jesus Christ. No matter how ardently they believe in Jesus, they just cannot blot out their heart's sin. Even though they all profess to believe in Jesus' blood on the cross, their spiritual condition remains the same as before for they do not know the truth of salvation revealed in the blue thread of the door of the tabernacle. In other words, because these misguided Christians are oblivious to the meaning of the baptism that Jesus received from John the Baptist, their sins still remain in their hearts and they themselves still continue to be sinners. God has clearly blotted out all our sins with the water, the blood, and the spirit. 1 John 5th chapter verses 6 through 8. By fulfilling God's word of promise with his pure word of truth, Jesus has saved us infallibly and indisputably. Put differently, Jesus has saved us from all our sins once for all through his water, his blood, and the spirit manifested in the blue, purple, and scarlet thread of the tabernacle door. The Holy Spirit is our God. What the Holy Spirit testifies is that Jesus, the true God, became a man, received his baptism from John the Baptist, and shed his blood on the cross to be condemned for our sins in our place. He has saved us all like this. Yet, despite the fact that Jesus has saved us from all our sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit, countless Christians still remain sinners, no matter how ardently they believe in Jesus as their savior, all because they believe in the Lord blindly while leaving out the baptism that he has received from John the Baptist. It is therefore absolutely indispensable for all of us to not only believe in Jesus Christ according to the gospel of the water and the spirit, but also preach it as it is written in the scriptures to everyone by faith, just as the Apostle Paul did. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter verses 3 and 4, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. When Paul mentioned Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, the words the scriptures mentioned here refer to the Old Testament because the New Testament was not yet thoroughly given at that time. Then Paul was saying that Jesus Christ had atoned for all the sins of the world exactly according to the sacrificial rite of the Old Testament. It's because Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist that he shed his blood to death on the cross. It's because the Lord bore all our sins through his baptism that he was crucified to death. And this death on the cross was to bear all our condemnation. This is how Jesus Christ became our savior by coming to this earth. God's remission of sins will therefore descend on whoever believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit. This everlasting salvation has already come into all those who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Hallelujah!